Well, good morning, Horizons. It's good to be with you today. I have been uh, away from this stage for a couple weeks, but uh, it's good to be back, and I'm happy that you are, you've shown up to, to praise and worship God today, so that is such a blessing. And uh, if you are new with us, I do want to welcome you as well. I'm Pastor Mandy Barkhouse, and I'm so glad that you are here with us in this wonderful community. Well, chapter 11 in Hebrews is known as the faith chapter. So here's some snippets from chapter 11. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he didn't see faith. By faith, Noah responded with godly fear. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, uh, and so on. There, there are other examples examples of this, but all of these people in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, uh, are celebrated for their faith. Now, it doesn't mean that these uh, people have always made good moral decisions in their life, but at some point in their life, they've discovered that faith in God is the better option because faith is a choice that we make every single day. And when we take that action of faith and trust in God, we will be blessed. And that's what our story is going to teach us today. Now, our weird story is not from Hebrews, but it's about Jacob, who is celebrated in Hebrews. We read in Hebrews, by faith, Isaac was also blessed Jacob and Esau concerning their future. By faith, Jacob blessed each of Joseph's sons. Now, our weird story is about Jacob, and the weird part of the story sits in the middle of the big, long story of Jacob. Now, if you don't recall all the details of Jacob's story up to this point, I'll give you a little recap. Well, first of all, Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah, and the grandson of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Esau was, uh, Jacob was also a twin. His twin brother was named Esau. Now, Jacob, the name Jacob means deceiver or supplanter or heel catcher because he tried to catch Esau coming out of the womb. Now, Esau's name means hairy, which is going to play an important uh, role in how Jacob deceives. Now, if you are a parent, did you, uh, did you consider the meaning of the name of your child before naming them that? Uh, did your parents consider the meaning of your name before they named you? Now, I looked up what my name means, and Mandy means lovable. And I wish that I could say that my parents just knew how lovable I would be my whole life. But that's not the story. The story goes, there was this Mandy doll and my mom saw a commercial and she liked the name. And so that's where my name came from. But names in, 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 in biblical times, they held deep, deep 
meaning. A biblical name could mean many things. It could record some aspects of a child's birth or the parent's reactions to the child's birth. It could hold family meaning or the name could communicate a message from God or name given to establish authority over someone or uh, help with a person's direction of life. Well, Jacob was the deceiver kind of right from the beginning. But Jacob and Esau, they grew up, and Jacob, with the help of his mother, tricks his father and steals Esau's firstborn blessing. Now, when Esau finds out, he is angry at Jacob, and he wants to kill Jacob. So Jacob is fearful, and so he flees from his father's land, and he heads to his uncle Laban's land. Now Jacob ends up marrying Laban's daughter Leah, although he really wanted to marry Rachel. And so Laban tricked him into marrying Leah, so he married Leah, but then he was able to also marry Rachel later. So here he has these two wives, Leah and and Rachel, and Jacob tricks again. He tricks his uncle Laban, and he sets back for his father's land. Now, Laban is in pursuit of Jacob. So Jacob is running running from Laban and toward Esau, who last, when he saw Esau last, Esau wanted to kill him. So he's kind of in this uncomfortable situation, running from one danger into what he thinks is going to be another danger. So here's where our weird story lies. It's right before Jacob and Esau are reunited. And so we find this in Genesis chapter 32, and we're starting at verse 22. It says, Jacob got up during the night took his two wives, his two women servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the Jabbok's river's shallow water. He took them and everything that belonged to him, and he helped them cross the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. Now, Jacob, it says, was up all night wrestling this man. Now, I've never stayed up all night wrestling, but uh, a couple uh, months ago or so, there was this youth lock-in that I decided to volunteer for, and we stayed up all night. And we didn't wrestle, but we were pretty active. In fact, at one point, we, right here in this room, we played hockey, and we had a goal over here, and we had a goal over here, and back and forth we went in this intense hockey match, and then here's what happened. They set up two more goals right here and right here. So we had a hockey game going this way and at the same time, a hockey match going this way. It was crazy and chaotic, but a lot of fun. And we used a lot of energy in, in that time. We weren't wrestling, but I get it. I get how Jacob must have felt staying up all night wrestling. Now, you may know this story as Jacob wrestles God. That's the title that is given this section. This is the title we've put in there, that Jacob wrestles God. 
But so far, we've read that it was a man who wrestled with God. God doesn't reveal himself at first, but this is not the first time that God has done something like this. We think about Abraham and Sarah when they entertained three divine visitors in their home without knowing it at first. That's back in Genesis 18. So it's not the first time that God showed up in the form of a person. So verse 26 says this, The man said, let me go because the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Now here's our first indicator that Jacob knows that this is no ordinary man that he is wrestling with. But instead it's some sort of deity or messenger from God. Maybe it has to do with the, the man saying, I must return because the dawn is breaking. Maybe, maybe he has to get back to where he came from. But here, Jacob realizes this is no ordinary man, and he asks for a blessing from God. Now, in this wrestling, Jacob comes with his past he, it hasn't been a great past. He hasn't, he's done some questionable things. He, he, one, one thing is he was obsessed with possessions and wealth. In fact, so much so, he thought everybody else was, was, felt the same way as he did. And so Jacob, he knows that he's going to meet Esau, and he doesn't know how Esau's going to react. So he sends livestock and servants ahead of, of him so that those things will meet Jacob, and maybe, maybe that will please Jacob, and he won't quite be so angry. Well, it turns out, if you read the, the story of when they finally reunite, Esau didn't care about that like Jacob did. He didn't care about the wealth and the possessions as Jacob did. But, but Jacob's past is not great. So we think, okay, well, here Jacob is asking for a blessing, but he's done some not so great things. Is he gonna get, what, is he gonna get the blessing or is he gonna get what he deserves? Verse 27, he said to Jacob, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you struggled with God and with men and won. Jacob also, also asked and said, tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob doesn't get what he deserves because of his past. Instead, he gets a blessing and he gets a new name. And he receives this blessing because he finally would admit, he finally admitted that he needed a blessing from God and he was willing to fight for it. Now in this passage, God doesn't reveal God's name, but the name change for Jacob is pretty significant. Jacob is going from deceiver to a name that means that one who strives with God and humans. So in this story, the character of God and Jacob are revealed. God does not punish Jacob for his questionable character. And the story reminds us that there is no one model that we must conform to, that God entertains 
all sorts of personalities. Why is it that we accept all the flaws of these biblical characters? Think about some of the things that Moses did or King David did. Like we accept the flaws of these biblical characters, understanding that God uses all sorts of people. But then in our life today, we put parameters around who we think God can use, who we think God is, who we think is worthy of God's love, who we think who is deserving of God's blessing. So here's how this passage ends. Jacob named the place Peniel because he said, I've seen God face to face and my life has been saved. The sun rose as Jacob passed Peniel, limping because of his thigh. Therefore, Israelites don't eat the tendon attached to the thigh muscle to this day because he grabbed Jacob's thigh muscle at the tendon. Jacob is wrestling with God and we can understand that because I bet we can all relate to that. We all wrestle with God at, at some time in our, in, our, in our life. But usually it's wrestling where we're usually trying to convince God that we know better. Or we're wrestling with another human or another situation, but not with God. Now, in this circumstance, God is the one that makes the first move. The, the, this, this section is titled, Jacob Wrestles God, but it's actually God who starts it. God wrestles Jacob. Now, if you have ever been around children, like, you know this scenario. Like, you see one child push another child, or you hear one child say something mean to another child, and you're like, hey, we, you know, we don't say that. We, we, we don't do that. We don't hurt our friends. And they're like, well, he started it. Well, she said something first. Well, here it's God. God is the one that is, has started it. God has been wrestling with Jacob his whole entire life. And here, God finally wins. Only this time, God cheats. At least that's, one, uh, at least, uh, that's how one of my commentaries put it. Because if you think about it, if God starts a fight with us, we're gonna lose. It's not quite a fair matchup, is it? And maybe that's why God first appeared to Jacob as a man, so that Jacob could win over against God for a short time. And it's the same thing for us when we're wrestling with God. Our love for God must be authentic. It can't be forced or it wouldn't mean much. So God is waiting, still waiting, and, and is patient with us and is ready to fight for our love and our devotion. The week before last, I spent the week uh, at Passion Camp with our high school youth, and it was an amazing time. There are so many incredible stories from that time to see our, our youth uh, praising God every morning and every evening, and some of them were raising their hands in, in worship and praise. I saw some of them taking notes when the speakers were speaking and hearing their stories of what the week meant to them was an incredible thing. Here's one story from, from the week. 
This is my favorite story of, of, of what happened. It was just a perfect reminder for me of why we were there. And it was on the very last day uh, in Florida and we were gonna leave really early that morning. So the night before I was like, okay, we're gonna drive about 15 hours tomorrow. I'm gonna get up a little bit early so I can just move my body before sitting in the car for that long. And so the next, that, that morning we were getting ready or you know, that was the day we were leaving. I got up early. Now, now we were in the hotel room and my bed was over here and there were a couple air mattresses. There was another bed, a lot of stuff in the room after days spending there. And so I get up early and I climb over my bed and I try not to step on the kids who are on the air mattresses and I get to the bathroom, the other side of the hotel room. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go at least walk the hallway, just get out of the room just to move my body. And I realized my shoes were on the other side. So I'm like, I'm not gonna climb back over everything and I'm going to just go out into the hall without my shoes on. So I did that. So I'm in the hallway without my shoes and we're on the 14th floor and I'm like, I'm gonna take the stairs down, right? That will help me get moving. So I go into the stairwells, concrete stairwell, really dirty concrete stairwell. I have no shoes on. And so I'm walking down these stairs and I, maybe by floor 11, maybe even higher than that. I'm regretting my decision. I'm like, what am I doing? This is disgusting. But I keep walking down the stairs. And then I'm probably on like floor maybe seven or eight, I don't know. And I hear a door in the stairwell. I hear the door open. And then I hear this clop, clop, clop down the stairs. So, you know, somebody in slides or flip-flops and they're going down the stairs. And then I hear this. Hallelujah, Maranatha, worthy is the Lamb. Glory, glory in the highest. Now, it was sounded better than I can sing. Okay, let's give me that. But this was one of the songs that we had been singing that whole week. And I get to the bottom and, and I, like it was worth my nasty, dirty feet at that, that point. I get to the bottom to the lobby and I get kind of halfway across the lobby and I like turn to see who's coming out the stairs. And it's probably this seventh or eighth grade boy singing in the stairwell. And I'm like, that's it. That's, that's what this time this week is about. It's about spending time with God. And here this seventh or eighth grade boy early in the morning is singing a praise song to God. And then I thought, you know, it's so easy for us to, 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 to spend time with God when we're at a conference about God and we're worshiping every night and every morning and, and that's what, what it's all about. During one of the speakers, I, I wrote this down in, in my journal, one of the speakers said this and it just, just definitely hit me. It said, you know, once we get back into the everyday life, we have to fight to spend real time with God. And I thought, that's it. That, that's exactly what Jacob is doing. He is fighting to spend real time with God. Jacob struggled his whole life to prevail, first with Esau, then with Laban, and uh, leaving his, his, his father's land and returning to his father's land. He was fighting to prevail. But in this moment of wrestling, he was shown that it was with God that he must wrestle with. Not with Esau, not with Laban, not with any other human being, not with himself, 
but with God. And it's only, only by spending real time with God we can even understand what that means. So Jacob went away from this time of wrestling with God with a blessing. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. That's a pretty strong faith that Jacob had in that moment. Jacob went away with a blessing and he went away with an injury because it's not easy to wrestle with God. And if we are wrestling with God and there's no pain or at least a little discomfort, we're probably not doing it right. When you wrestle with God, you, you might not hear soft words of comfort. You might not receive rest. In fact, you may be really uncomfortable if you spend time, real time with God. Now we all come here to this time of worship, to the space of worship. We come here each week and we carry the names that have been given to us. Some of these names are hurtful and harmful. Some of these names are given to us by other people. Some of these names we give to ourselves. I am not worthy. I am a sinner. I am not enough. But this story reminds us that we are all God's children. And we all too come with our past, just like Jacob did to this space. We come with, the, with our past mistakes and we come with our flaws and we come with all the things that we have ever done. But we come to this space and we trust, and we believe and we have faith that God will give us a blessing. Now, Jacob came into this night full of anxiousness. Can you imagine meeting your brother after 20 years, knowing that he wants to kill you? But Jacob spent real time with God, not giving up. Now, if it feels like God is making us wrestle with him, it's not because God is stingy with blessings. But wrestling God brings more blessings than we will receive without. God is not passively in our lives, but active in our lives. Now, if you're sitting back and passively waiting for God to move in your life, you, you might be disappointed. If we're wrestling with things in our life, we better check to make sure we're, we're actually wrestling with God and not something else. Because if it's something else, don't waste your time. How often do we give up on God because it's not going our, our way? How often do we give up on God because we don't think that we deserve it? How often do we give up on God because what God is asking us to do is too risky or too difficult? Now, Jacob said these words to God. Jacob said, God, I won't let you go until you bless me. Would you say that with me? God... I won't let go until you bless me. Would you, would you say that again? God, I won't let go until you bless me. 
So what kind of blessing will you receive because of your faith? Uh, imagine Hebrews chapter 11, the extended version, right? And we turn and it says, by faith, Mandy did this in her life. Uh, by faith, Mary did this in her life. By, by faith, Joe did this in his life. Um, by, by faith, Denise did this in her life. And by faith, insert your name. What kind of blessing will you receive from God? Let us pray. Holy God, let us be ready this week to, to fight with you. And God, that sounds so weird to say that, that you want us to fight with you. But you are ready to fight for us because you want our love and our devotion. And it's not easy. Sometimes we spend too much time wrestling with other things in our lives that don't even make a difference, things that won't last, things that fade away. But you are good and you are patient, and you are kind and you are willing and you, you have these open arms for us. You're ready to receive us. And God, we know that there are some things that you are going to ask us to do that are going to be difficult and hard and challenging. And we're probably going to say, no, thank you. But God, keep speaking to us. Keep telling us exactly what you want us to do in order to have your kingdom fully here on earth. God, bless us this week as we bless others this week. And we say this in Jesus' name, amen.